Welcome, entrepreneur, to the Ignite Your Wellness podcast. My name is Dr. Allison McLean. I'm a physical therapist, yoga teacher, coach, and owner of Ignite Your Wellness. Here on the podcast, we discuss all things body, brain, and bank account so you can cultivate your version of success while caring for your health. It's all about reducing stress, living a fulfilled life, growing your business, and enjoying life in the process. All right, let's get to it. Hi there, welcome back. Today, I'm honored to bring on special guest, Jess Spinner. She works with dancers. I'll let her describe specifically what she does and who she helps, so just hang in there for a moment. But in this episode, we talk about mindset, beliefs, thought work, knowing where to spend your time and energy, becoming aware even of where your focus is and does this serve you best in both your life and your business and how all this can really fuel the actions that you're taking. We also talk about being a mom and your schedule and the business owner. And similarities of coaching for an athlete or a performer and a life coach. So all of this and so much more. I hope you enjoy. Bye for now. Hi there. Welcome back. Today I'm honored to have on the podcast Jess Spinner. Welcome, Jess. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. You are very welcome. So tell everyone. Tell us what you do, who you help. Sure. So I am a health, nutrition, and lifestyle coach. That is a distinction I've come to after years of health coaching and just feeling like the people whom I help would benefit from knowing a little bit more within my title, what I can help them with. And I work with aspiring and professional dancers because that's my background. I was a professional ballet dancer. And I struggled through my dancing years and through my professional dancing years. And it really came around for me once I transitioned careers that I wanted to sort of change the trajectory for these dancers. So, yeah. I love that. And specifically, and you don't have to get too personal, however much you are comfortable with it, but what are the struggles that these dancers and or yourself really go through. My biggest personal struggles always had to do with food and body image. You know, those things obviously tend to be quite closely intertwined. And Mm -hmm. I got a body comment as a dancer, as a young dancer, a 14 year old dancer. And that sort of set me off on this dieting path and just being restrictive with food. And like I said, it stayed with me my entire dance journey and dance career. And I do find that a lot of dancers have, if not consistent insecurities with their bodies and food, most dancers will at some point face even just temporary challenge or insecurity in those areas. So those do tend to be primary things that I I work with dancers on. Yeah. And just a lot of, I think sometimes too, in the adult population, maybe it started in more of their youth or adolescent doing dance is for sure I think more common because of so many reasons if I was a diver and we're always in swimsuits Mm -hmm. or gymnastics I think is another one where 
it might have seemed like a little thing at the time because it's just so common and it's so prevalent these thoughts about our bodies or thoughts about food like I remember one time after practice being in the little side pickup parent weight area and there was like a vending machine and one gymnast was hungry she was really hungry because we're in practice like sometimes in the summer for many hours and the mom was like oh no you're not eating da, da, da. and I was like wow it just rem- yeah. I just remember I don't even remember what she said but I remember like the reaction on my friend's face mm-hmm. you know about like food. yeah there's so much danger in moralizing food and it's so common so common you know from the Mm -hmm. time we're young we are taught that you know like sugar is evil Mm -hmm. and while perhaps sugar is not the most health promoting thing you can consume to have that sort of blanketed statement or mindset around it is incredibly dangerous for everyone yeah a hundred percent and I see this how it trickles into some when I had my brick and mortar, like physical therapy, yoga, like healing clinic, I would get some ambitious adults that would come into the clinic and these patterns started in their youth for whatever reason, but they'd be so rigid in their diet and so rigid in their like working out that it would lead to so much stress and tension in their body. A hundred percent. Definitely. So when dancers come to you, like, how do you help them specifically and what are the results they usually like get when they work with you yeah so I always like to work in the frame of a six-month commitment Mm six-month program because in my experience like yeah you can start to make progress in these areas after a couple of months but really I think for lasting change that you feel confident in that's sustainable and that you can manage on your own that's sort of like a minimum starting point. Yeah. And, you know, it starts off with very basic, like health coaching, jumping off point, which is just filling out a health form about their history with multivitamins and Mm -hmm. with food and like, you know, when they felt like they were at their best or their healthiest. Mm -hmm. And from there, I sort of let it unfold organically based on where they happen to be within their own journey and where their biggest struggles are and making sure that we put attention in the areas that need the greatest focus for them, which some of them, it's like mindset in the studio and, Mm -hmm. and like, because that specifically is then making them leave the studio and question food or not feel great about themselves. So sometimes it starts there, you know, because a lot of my clients, and I say this, but the fact is most of us, regardless of age, probably would benefit from putting more attention on like sleep and sleep habits and routines. And, you Uh know, you know, even I have work, work that I've brought up to do in those areas. And most of us do, but I feel like for young people, like the impact, they don't necessarily recognize the impact of poor sleep habits or not enough Mm -hmm. sleep on their levels of stress or their ability to cope with challenges. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, I'm very cognizant of that for myself personally, even though you know, it's still sometimes a struggle to put the action there. So, you know, sleep is a big thing that I work on with dancers and is often one of the starting points as well. Yeah. I just remember sleep has always been invaluable to me. I've always just been a sleeper, like go to bed early and I could still sleep like late. But my Mm -hmm. sister, however, she was like the normal adolescent youth where in high school, she 
rarely slept, went to bed super late, got up early. And I remember my parents being not concerned about it because it mm-hmm. was like the normal thing that quote unquote kids did, you know? Right. Yeah. But like at that age, you, you might need 12 hours of sleep still. Still. Yeah. If you're active, you know, like uh, it amazes me because like there are teen dancers whom I work with and like they're getting five or six hours of sleep a night. Yeah. And they're so busy and so active. And part of it is like stress and they can't fall asleep. So that's something to work on as well. Yeah. That's amazing. It's so needed. I think the work that you're doing with these dancers can not only benefit them in their dance career but these are like new habits and patterns they can carry with them for the rest Mm -hmm. of their lives like it can help their productivity in their career whatever they choose you know right what are the results you see when dancers finish your program or even if they like finish one round and they decide to re-up what are Mm -hmm. what are the common things you see one big thing that I always speak about because I think it's really important for people to realize because a lot of times when dancers begin this work or when dancers are considering this work they're just like you know they sort of put off the benefit of caring for themselves mentally and physically in those ways so much of dance culture is about just you know pushing through pain and working harder and Mm -hmm. ignoring what your body is telling you honestly which is kind of crazy to imagine for such active and athletic people Mm -hmm. but I have a huge rate of success in terms of career goals. Like the Mm. dancers whom I work with are getting jobs very consistently. They are doing well in auditions and then getting to the next level in their career, the next phase in their career. The dance world is very challenging as far as working up the ranks. And probably over a decade ago, it was about a decade or so people or companies started having this structure where the first level you're in training still. So you're at the start, you may be still paying them to participate as a company member, Mm -hmm. or you're not being paid for a year or two or more. And it can feel very challenging to move up through that process and to feel like you're worthy of going to the next stage but I do find the dancers who I work with have an extremely high success rate and when you consider how competitive dance is to make it to those paid positions Mm -hmm. I think that that's really one of the biggest things to talk about as far as results go yeah because that's that's what the goal is for so many of them and yet like I said this isn't necessarily work that they all make that connection with They Mm -hmm. don't necessarily see if I work on my mind and body and caring for myself differently and how I'm approaching these things that that's going to help me get the job or that's going to help me actually succeed in this career. So that's some of the biggest stuff I would say. But then I do see huge transformation in how they're relating to food. So many of them come in with restrictive mindsets, whether they recognize it or not, just because there is such a diet centered conversation in our culture. So there's a huge change in the way they're relating to food. They are able to eat food without it being something they're stressed about. They are able to improve body image so that they're no longer distracted by their bodies in class because that's what can happen so easily where you want to be in a dance class, in a technique class, you want to be focused on your growth as an artist and your growth as a dancer, but it can get to a point, and this is what happened for me and, and where many of my clients are when we start, where all you're thinking about is 
how your body looks mm. and you're not able to put the thought and focus and attention on how you're actually dancing and performing and like how it feels and that uh, it's joyful. So yeah, that's huge because you know, it's that saying, what wolf are you feeding? But it's from an unconscious place, like a place of like wanting to be better, a place of like right. wanting to succeed. But the energy and the focus is just in solving the wrong problem, essentially. Exactly. Yeah, it's a problem in the dance world. Many of them need to work through the thought process that tells us as dancers, oh, if only I were thinner, I would be better. Mm. If only I were thinner, I will be more successful. That's a lot of where the mindset goes. Mm -hmm. And it is not true. Mm -hmm. And it's, again, just exactly as you said it's such a definitely feeding the wrong wolf there yeah I love that I just have to repeat it it's not true right not true yeah yeah so if they believed that thought for so many years like I I have to be thinner I have to do this or I should be that how do you teach them to shift that this belief if it was like ingrained yeah I think for many of them it is in seeing the difference in their experiences in dance. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, for some of them, it is allowing them to come to the realization that they're not in the right dance environment because some dance environments are still so extremely toxic that this dancer with her body type is going to continuously be taken down by uh, the teachers or artistic staff at that company. Those people uh -huh. are going to continue to tell her, you're great. You're a good dancer, but you would be better if, and so they're going to be reinforcing those stories oh, she has about her body needing to be different. Uh -huh. So part of some of the work that I've done with dancers is getting really honest with themselves. If this is the best place for them, if they're going to be better off or happier or more fulfilled or have greater success, if they open their eyes to other options. Mm. And I get to see that, like I said, with them getting jobs where they'll go out and audition for these different companies. And sometimes even just the experience of auditioning for companies that are more open-minded to various body types, who are willing to nurture, who want to see you at your strongest and healthiest, even just that process of auditioning can have a huge impact where one of the dancers I was working with for audition, she was like, even if I don't get another job, at a company that's going to be better for me, I'm not going to try to stay here. I'm not going to mm. try to stay where I am. I do know that this is never going to be the right place for me. So I think a lot of it is even allowing them to get to a place where they believe that and see that and see that the best possibilities for them are potentially outside of their current environment. Yeah, I love this. This work also fits a lot of the movements, I guess you could say, of what's happening in the world right now of inclusion and acceptance and like just your birthright of how you come into the world that you are worthy enough, you are enough, like embodying your uniqueness and celebrating like who you are and not trying to force yourself to fit a mold I think yeah definitely you can change the whole dance movement <laughs> <laughs> I want to be part of that I want to be part of helping things shift and opening eyes to the realities there's a lot of people in the dance world who are still in denial of the damage that's done even just with words and comments so yeah a lot still needs to change yeah but I love it 
you're paving the way. So that's awesome. And how do you embody some of these practices into your own life, like as an entrepreneur? Because when we started working together, like you came to me and you do have like already a strong following and a great foundation for your business. So tell us a little bit about like some of the work we do together to like embody some of these principles into your own life as a mom and business owner. Yeah. Well, I think some of the things that have helped the most is sometimes feeling, you know, that permission to turn it off, like to turn Mm -hmm. off the business related thoughts, because Mm -hmm. that's something I struggled with before becoming a mother where I really thought if I wasn't spending all of my free time on creating content or growing the business or even just like sending, writing emails, checking emails, doing all those things mm-hmm. that I was somehow going to not be able to continue to grow or I wasn't putting in the time that was necessary to see the growth that I wanted. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, part of it was just that permission to create those boundaries for myself where it's okay if my work time is not as many hours as it used to be. That doesn't set limits on what's possible in terms of abundance. Yeah. So that's been huge. Love that. And how do you see that? Have you seen the impact in your life with those boundaries as a mom and for your family? Yeah. I mean, I think it's still, we're early in our work together, mm-hmm. right? It's relatively new, but have definitely already, I would say in the feeling more than anything else mm-hmm. and the mindset around it and the ability to shut it off or tell myself it's like fine like checking your email again is not going to make any difference in what is going on here and like right. things are moving and growing regardless of how many times you're touching it or checking it <laughs> or you know like seeing it on the computer right um, yeah. but going in and doing that could trigger like your nervous system for more of like work, let's go to, right. you know, in a way from like that relaxation and that presence with your family. Right. Yes, definitely. If someone was on the fence, like in your position, like they have a good rhythm in their business, they want maybe a little bit more revenue because a lot of people do. They want a little bit more time, time freedom for their family, time to care for themselves a little bit more. And they don't want this pressure to be like having to go from like one thing to the next to the next because of this list of all these things that they like feel that they should do. But mm-hmm. yeah, they don't know like the impact or if working with a coach could benefit them, like not even just me, but any coach, what would you say to them? I think one of the reasons, you know, I started my business in 2015 Well, no, it was 2013. Technically, that's when I became a health coach. And when I started Mm -hmm. working with clients, Mm -hmm. the whole dancer and working specifically with dancers was in 2015. But especially like in 2013, I knew nothing about online business space. I knew nothing about really business. I knew a little bit. Uh, Technically, Mm -hmm. my degree was dance and arts administration. So I had to take some like marketing classes. But you know, this Uh was a long time ago, right? So I knew some things, but the online business space is a whole different animal. And definitely my coursework in college had nothing to do with online business. So I Mm -hmm. felt like I didn't really know anything, but I fully believe and believed even then that there is very good and valuable reason to invest in yourself Mm -hmm. and 
your business, if you really want it to be something, if you want it to grow, you know, from a financial perspective, if you want it to grow and have a bigger impact, you have to see the value of investment in yourself. And so for coaching, I guess, partly as a coach, I've always really believed in the impact and value of coaching. Mm-hmm. You have to believe in what you do. So I do. And I believe uh-huh. that, you know, other coaches and business coaches can have some of the biggest support and impact for you in seeing growth. You know, sometimes when I was earlier in business, I had my first business coach in 2016. When I was working with her, I needed a lot more handholding. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like what she provided. And at times, she almost was like, a boss. She would like give me deadlines for things. Oh, uh-huh. At this point in my business, this is, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, but I knew I wanted someone who clearly had gone beyond where I was in this moment, mm-hmm. but knew how to convey how to get there. That was the energy that I got from you in our initial call is mm-hmm. just like the confidence that you knew the path and mm-hmm could support me in finding my path. It doesn't have to be exactly the same as yours, but, you know, allowing you to see what's possible and believe. And I think the coaching aspect too, that sometimes people underestimate the value of is the necessary mindset for success and the necessary mindset to reach your goals. And, you know, I think mindset work kind of never ends. I've done a lot of it over the years, but I think that there's layers and layers and layers to it. And, you know, whether that's like money mindset or just mindset around what you can accomplish in limited time Mm -hmm. or, you know, mindset around what you're even still able to give to your clients. I think sometimes even that needs to be continuously bolstered and that belief has to be continuously uh, fed. Yeah. A hundred percent. I love that. You know, the other day I was thinking because somehow Oh, I think a Facebook memory post came up of like my diving days. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? Why is it that it's like normal? In fact, it's required to have a coach as an athlete, you know, or a dancer. And sometimes it's called different things, maybe not a coach, but in a lot of like athlete and performance world, it's coaches. And then we're like, if we're not going to a professional or Olympic level where we're in this sport for our lives, we go on into like adulthood and a coach becomes a luxury. It's so interesting mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. You it know, really is. but I was thinking, cause you know, there's a lot of people, a lot of business owners that maybe, I think that's why it became so natural for me to hire a coach, like in the very beginning phases of my business, because I'm like, Oh, I get it. Like, I remember as an athlete, like I would learn one thing, I would get to one level, I would achieve one success. I knew my coach helped me to get there. And so Mm -hmm. I knew to get even further, like I would utilize my coach to help me to get to that next level. But of course, the best coaching relationships are not what I've experienced personally, me being completely dependent on my coach, right? It was me utilizing my coach, but also Mm -hmm. trusting my own like resourcefulness, trusting my own abilities and 
intuition and knowing ultimately like oh even though the coach tells me I should do this or practice at this certain time like all of a sudden my body's feeling really tired and I might need to speak up and say hey I think I need a rest I need to rest today yeah you know yeah there's definitely the element of action taking all of the most successful, especially online entrepreneurs, it's probably true for all entrepreneurs, but Mm -hmm. I see a lot of online entrepreneurs, right? I feel that the ones who are most successful are the ones who are first taking action consistently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, that might be something that you can already do. You know, that was something I did from the beginning because I was determined that I wanted this to be a, you know, this to be my path, this to be a successful path. So taking consistent action is is huge and key in actually building upon. But then sometimes you need a little bit more support in terms of what's going to be my next best action yes. or what's going to be the next best thing for me to focus on. Because otherwise, there are a lot of shiny objects in the online business space where like there are courses you can take to learn about different things. There are ads and, and different mm-hmm. ways you can spend and invest in your business. I have found that when I work with somebody one-on-one, like we're doing, that it just gives me a higher level of action taking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I said, I'm already quite consistent, but it helps to believe that the direction we discuss me taking is about me and my business. You know, I've done group stuff where I learned a lot and there was a lot of value there. but as much as I know I'm not a special snowflake or that my business necessarily <laughs> is, like I still think there's sometimes are actions that would be best for me that sure. weren't what were being discussed within yeah. a group, you know? Uh-huh. So I think that that's one of the great benefits of the one-on-one scenario as well. Yeah. And a topic that keeps like threading its way through this conversation is belief for the mm-hmm. dancer, like belief in their own capabilities and uniqueness and belief as entrepreneurs, belief in our like practitioner skills and our programs yeah. and our ability to help people and just belief in ourselves as like an entrepreneur, you know, right. because many of us haven't gone to entrepreneur school. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. If someone were to ask you like, okay, well, how do you work on this mindset of belief in both your practitioner skills and entrepreneur skills, what advice might you have to share with them? For me, it always comes back to your stories and Mm -hmm. the things that you have, the shortcomings that you've created in your mind based on like one comment or one experience. Mm-hmm. And then you start to collect evidence over time that leads you to this place of just questioning if you can do something again, mm-hmm. like, you know, like lacking that strong belief. And I think that most of us or many of us aren't super aware of those stories or we're of some of them, but we have blind mm-hmm. spots. We don't see all of them. And I think yeah. in coaching, right, both with my work that I've done with you and even the work that I would do with dancers, sometimes a coach, they hold up the mirror, right? So like you see, like, even you'll say something out loud in a Mm -hmm. coaching session and you're like, Mm -hmm. 
hmm, wait a minute, what's going on here? Like, what? <laughs> I had no, like, clearly yeah. that's in my mind somewhere, but yeah. I hadn't said it out loud ever to anyone. So I wasn't fully aware of it. And so if you don't spend that time with someone or do that work with someone, it can stay hidden and mm -hmm. it impacts the way you do things or it takes you off the path to success mm -hmm. because you don't believe that you know you can fully do that thing that you've set out to do. So you go in a direction that might feel safer or just less scary. And then you end up all over the place. In my experience, when I do that, I end <laughs> yeah. up like all over yeah, the place. Me too. And then like it feels like nothing is happening. Yeah. Oh my God. I call it the 10 steps down 10 different paths instead of oh, yeah. steps down one path. Yeah. <laughs> Where you're oh, actually going good. somewhere. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. I can't wait to see how the work you're doing with your dancers and your own business. I really do feel like it has the potential to shift the trajectory of not only like the whole future for the dancers that you work with, but for the dancing industry of what's tolerated, what, you know, what you can expect. Like if, you right. know, as a parent for our own daughters, if they were to choose dance, like what they would tolerate and, you know, hope to get out of like dance for fun or for a career, yeah. you know? Definitely. Yeah. Any uh, parting words of wisdom that you would like to share with everyone? I mean, I think the biggest thing is that you have to be willing and able to get out of what's comfortable for you mm -hmm. in order to achieve your goals. You know, it is mm -hmm. right. Like we stay in these spaces that we feel safe in because it's comfortable, because, you know, it's a survival thing. Mm -hmm. And like the reality is when you go outside of that and take action in the face of fear or sign up to work with someone, even if you're having to take pause about like what that financial investment looks like, mm -hmm. what that time investment looks like, look at what's possible, look at what yeah. might lay on the other side of that work and invest in yourself. Like we talked about worthiness, like you're mm -hmm. worth it. And I think that that's really something people don't always believe and and I think it's really important to just take those steps and sit in your intuition and make sure it's right from there and then just do it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love that. And it's also like believing that regardless of who you work with or what program you do or what your offer is, is the belief that like you can achieve success, that it mm -hmm. will work for you no matter yeah. what you're doing definitely yeah. yeah awesome well where can everyone find you I know you have a strong following on Instagram and your website so why don't you and yeah. anywhere else let us yeah know. it's I'm pretty lucky that across the board it's mostly the same it's the whole awesome. dancer on Instagram it's the whole dancer.com that's whole w-h-o-l-e the whole dancer and then email you can always email me just at the whole dancer.com perfect Love it. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much. so much. You are welcome. Wait, before you go, are you ready for more? Your next best step is to sign up for a free strategy call. Every day you wait is another day. You're just racing around from class to class, session to session. It's another day you miss out on precious moments with your family because A, you're not home 
or B, you're home, but you're actually not present because you're worrying about how to fill your class, where your next client's coming from, all the things you have to do. It's also another day you might miss out on taking your favorite yoga class or meeting a friend for a hike because you went over in all your sessions and you spend hours agonizing over sequencing your next sessions and classes for the following day. Being a wellness practitioner can feel like a lot. Sign up for a free strategy call with me. It's one-to-one -one for 60 minutes. We'll develop a plan. You'll know exactly what to prioritize when you get off the call. You'll get so much clarity. And if you decide to work together more with me, we'll figure out how to fit it all in. You'll be able to care for your health, relax your family, grow your practitioner skills, learn from all my knowledge base. One step at a time, while developing trust in your intuition in a streamlined process. There's a solution, and I've got you. Use the link in the show notes to sign up for the free call, figure out your next steps, or just head to igniteyourwellness.com. That's ignite with a U-R, wellness.com. I'll see you on the map. Bye for now.